been to a conference or maybe a class reunion or something, some kind of function, and you had to wear one of these things, name tag? I kind of feel I should be wearing one of those today. <laughs> and if I, if I had a name tag today, it would say my name, you know, Frank Italiano. But uh, depending on where you wear these things, sometimes you have to write more than simply your name. You have to write something about yourself. So, okay, so mine would say Frank Italiano would say pastor at Trinity Lutheran in Crete, Illinois. What do you think would happen if Jesus came and paid a visit here today? J just a little visit. You know, may it seem odd, but, but he'd, he'd probably have to wear something like this. I mean, looking at the Bible, we know all sorts of things about what Jesus did and who he is, but uh, we have no idea what he looks like. You know, there's been thousands of paintings painted of Jesus, but they're all guesses. We, we, we have no idea. We, we'd probably like to have a name tag, Jesus. Now, you go back to when Jesus was on the earth, biblical times, um, you know, people knew what he looked like, but they didn't know a whole lot about who he was. And so although he didn't have a name tag, they didn't have name tags back then, he did have to explain that, and that's where this sermon series we're in right now it comes from. Jesus saying, um, I am, I, I'm this, I, I'm this, and, and, and he's teaching and he's explaining who he is and, and what he has come to do. Well, last week you saw Jesus say he is the, the way, the truth, and the life. Today we see him talking and, and saying that he is the resurrection and the life. Well, before we get into um, those, um, that, that, that verse there, I am the resurrection and the life, we, we kind of have to look at or be introduced to four people. They don't have name tags, so I have to do it for you. Actually, it's, it's three siblings and Jesus. First, there's Lazarus. Now, um, Lazarus is, is interesting in the Bible. We never hear him talk. He talked, it's just nothing's ever recorded in the Bible of what he did say. Now, now, Lazarus, uh, he got sick, and, and that actually sets the stage for what we're going to look at today, but we'll get to that in a minute. Then there's Lazarus' uh, sister, Mary. Mary's the type of person that just loved to learn. She would, if she could, spend hours just listening to Jesus talk. And then there was another sister, Martha. And Martha was, she loved to party. <laughs> she loved to have people over at her house. She loved to be a host and make delicious, yummy food for everyone. That was Martha. And then, of course, you, you have Jesus. Now, we don't know exactly when or, or how Jesus got to know these three siblings, Lazarus, Martha, and, and Mary, but they were pretty close to, to such a degree that Jesus would always stay at their house if he was ever in that area. So that, that sets the stage for us. Let, let's take a look at what happened here. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and, his, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, so there's the, the name tag introduction to these people. 
and then their worst nightmare happened. Lazarus died. Take a look what it says here. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He's talking to his disciples. And he says, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So, so Jesus didn't go right away when we heard about Lazarus being sick. And we don't know exactly why, but it was a plan that God would be glorified. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come out to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. The worst thing happened. Their nightmare happened. Lazarus died. Um, so, So a few things, just to understand some of the logistics of what's happening here. Um, the, the Jewish burial customs 2,000 years ago, um, different than today, okay? There's some similarities, but also some differences. Back then, uh, when a person died, that very day that the body was washed, it was uh, put in special burial clothes, and, and it was buried that, that very day. It's not like today where you, you, you wait a few days for all the family to, to come into town. It, it was right then and there. And then when they buried them, it, it was... Um, not in what we would typically think of. They, they normally buried people in caves, either man-made or, or, or natural. And they would have a, a, a round stone as kind of the door. Th- this is an interesting picture. This is actually a picture of a tomb from the first century. So at the exact same time as Lazarus and actually Jesus. This is from the northern part of Israel. And... Uh, really interesting if if you uncropped this picture this tomb is right by a main highway and and the the guardrail for the road is is just right at the bottom of the picture it is right there but but just take a look at this so so you 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 have the the hole okay that the tomb and you have this round stone it's carved to be round i don't know if you catch this that round stone that the door it's actually set in a groove it's set in a trap and that groove actually slants down toward the, the hole, which means it is really easy to roll that stone down the slant to, to, to lock in place and close the door. But to open it is really hard because it's a heavy stone, and you have to roll it uphill and then put a wedge in it or something to, to keep it open. By the way, this is also the same kind of tomb that Jesus was buried in. So, similar customs, different customs, but the effect of death was the same. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. If you've not experienced this, 
you will. And for those of us who have experienced this, the, the pain of losing someone, you recognize a lot of things in Martha, don't you? You know, psychologists tell us that there's any number of stages or, or parts uh, of the grief process. There's, there's denial. There is bargaining. There's blaming. There is, well, th there's depression. There's acceptance. There's all these things. And you can see a lot of them in Martha, right? She, she lost her brother. And she doesn't get it. She doesn't understand. So, so let me just say this, okay? If there's someone recently that you've lost, or, or maybe it's been in the past, but it's still, it's very much with you. It's okay that you don't get it. Martha didn't get it. A little bit after this, the, the, the disciples of Jesus, they... They didn't get it. I don't get it. it. It's okay to not understand. Jesus, he, he sees Martha. He sees what she's feeling. And, and he reaches out to comfort her. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And, and Martha, in, in her response, showed her faith in Jesus. She said, I know, he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And she was absolutely right. She, she's talking about that last day when, when Jesus will come again in victory, in triumph, as, as the conquering king, Lord of all. And he will raise all the dead. She was absolutely right. But Jesus wanted to teach her more. Th there was more he wanted her to have, more than simply name tag information. And so he said, I am the resurrection and the life. But wait, um, before we talk about resurrection and life, I want to talk about just the first two words Jesus said. I am. I'm going to teach you a really big, fancy word. Maybe you've heard this. Probably not. Tetragrammaton. I love saying that. Tetragrammaton. I don't know why I love saying it. It means four letters. And this is a technical term for a very specific word in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, in the Hebrew language. It looks like this. It's pronounced Yahweh. And what this word is, these four letters is God's name. And it means, I am. Very simply, when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, or any of those statements, I am, he was basically calling himself God. It goes all the way back to, um, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when God sent Moses 
to deliver his people. And I'm just going to give you the quick summary here if you want. The more details, look up Exodus chapter 3. But the Israelites, they were in slavery. They were suffering. They were slaves. And God saw it. He saw that what they were going through, and, and he, he wanted to help. So he sent Moses, and he appeared to Moses in a burning bush that wasn't burning and told Moses to go take his people, lead his people out of slavery. And basically Moses says, but I don't have a name tag. I mean, they don't know who I am. They don't know who you are. So who should I say I am and who should I say sent me? And this was God's response. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am, that, that's that special tetragrammaton, Yahweh. So when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, it is a direct reference to this. Now, sometimes the people understood that. Sometimes they didn't. You kind of can tell by their reaction. For Martha here, she didn't get it. But she's overwhelmed with sorrow. That's completely understandable. So Jesus goes on. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? So this right here, th this is our focus for today. But I'll be honest. Um, when we dig into this, it, it can get a little complicated to understand. The reason is, the, the word death and life both actually have multiple meanings in English. So, so let's just logically break this apart, okay? So death. Death really as, um, I don't know, as, as a basic meaning or definition of death, it simply means separation. Uh, for instance, uh, when a person dies, they're, they're, their body and soul separate there's a separation so uh, life then is, is kind of the flip of that you, you could kind of say life is is joining together then now here's where things really get complicated for both life and death there are three types of each okay so there's physical physical death um physical death is, is just that the separation of body and soul a body person physically dies there's also physical life, right? And that'd be a joining, uh, you know, joining of body and, and spirit. Right here is my body and, and my spirit, my soul, together, joined together. That's an easy thing for us to understand. Then you also have spiritual. So remember, death is separation. So spiritual death would be being separated from Jesus. Um, another word the Bible would use would be unbelief. So, so not together with Jesus, not believing in him, separated from him. That would be spiritual death. Spiritual life then would be joined with Jesus, believing in him, trusting in him, having a relationship with him. And then the third type would be eternal. So the idea here, death being separation, that would be eternal separation from God. Eternally. Hell is another name for it. Eternal life, eternally joined with Jesus. Eternal life is, is heaven. 
So, so understanding all those then, let's look again at what Jesus said. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. So that spiritual life, right? Connected with Jesus, joined with Jesus. Even though they die, that would be physical death, separation of body and soul. And whoever lives by believing in me, spiritual life, will never die. Now that, that's talking about eternal death. You get what Jesus is saying here? By being connected, by being joined with Jesus in faith, uh, by faith, having that spiritual life, that, that means then, even though we may physically die, we don't have eternal death in hell, just the opposite. We have eternal life in heaven. And that is all possible. Because Jesus says he is the resurrection and the life. Resurrection means coming to life even though you were dead. And to prove exactly what he meant, he did this. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. He showed them exactly what he meant. He, who had power to create life, also has power to bring back to life. With three simple words, Lazarus, come out. There he is, alive again. Now, that was proof for them. The proof for us is even more than that. It's what happened a few weeks after Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Now, Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, but Jesus himself died. No one raised him. He raised himself. He came back to life. That's why he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Okay, so what's this mean for us? I'm going to back up just a little bit to what happened before Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. The Bible says this. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he said. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. I don't know if you get just how significant this is. See, it says here, he was deeply moved. Down, down here, in his gut, just, he felt it. And, and it came out, right? He, he, he wept, he cried. And then he got to the tomb, and the Bible says this, Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Okay, you know, sometimes we get this, this image of Jesus in our head that he's very stoic and, and very a, a tough guy. And he cried. And what that shows us is this. Jesus gets it. 
when you lose someone. When things are, are just going the way they're going and the, the emotions are just so, so raw and they're down here, but they just spill out. J Jesus, he gets it. He's been there. And the fact that he gets it and that, 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 that we saw him crying t tells us the next thing. Jesus cares. He cares about you tremendously. He cares about the loss, the, the hole that's here. He cares about all the, the struggles and problems you're going through now or you went through last week or you're going to go through in a month. I'm going to let you in on a secret. A little something here. This, this is not what he wanted for us. I want that to sink in. This is not what he wanted for us. When he created this world, it was amazing. It was perfect. It was holy. Th there was no cancer. There, there was no pain. There, there was no failed relationships. There was, there was no death. There was no funerals. There's nothing like that. Those things came into this world because sin, disobedience happened, and, and then it just snowballed. This was not what he wanted. What he created was perfect. And so, he did something about it. That's why he came here. He wanted to put an end to, to death, to, to suffering. He, he, he said, enough of this. And, and that is what the cross right here is all about, isn't it? Because Jesus came and he went to that cross to pay for all of our failures, to pay for all of our sins. He paid everything on that cross because he said, enough. I want something better. And then he showed he is the resurrection and the life by himself coming out of that tomb. And you can think of that, that, that stone door, that, 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 that round stone just rolled away, and he, out of that tomb, very much alive. Jesus came to do something about this. And that makes life worth living. He came to put an end to death. He came to put an end to suffering. He came to put an end to cancer. He came to put an end to all of this. Because he did that, that, that makes life now worth living. We have 
eternal life, right? Eternal joining together with Jesus in heaven. Right now, we're not there. Right now, there's still pain. There's still grief. But what Jesus did makes this worth living through because of what's coming. That addiction with pornography, it's worth fighting it because of what's coming. Struggling with, with those kids at time at, at bedtime, reading a Bible story and putting them to bed, it's worth that struggle because of what's coming. Working through a relationship that's just not working very well. It's worth fighting for it because of what's coming. Fighting the, the sexual temptations now is worth fighting it be, because of what's coming. All of this. And, and I don't know what all your personal struggles are. We all have them. Whatever they are, it's worth fighting because of what is still to come. That is what this means. That, that Jesus says he is the resurrection and the life. That's what it means for us right now. This is worth living. Can you think of the, the disciples seeing Lazarus coming out of that tomb? How amazing that must have been. And just weeks later, seeing something even more amazing. Jesus, alive right in the middle of them, even though he had died. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Can you imagine what that meant for them? Well, I want you to think about what that means for you as you take a look at this video. This is what they felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. Pastor Bloomer told me you'd seen that video a few years ago, but I just love it. What does it mean Jesus is the resurrection and the life? It means 
what he did for Lazarus, he's going to do for us. Uh, with one exception. Lazarus, okay, so he, he rose Lazarus back from, from the dead. Um, Lazarus died again. <laughs> but that's not going to happen to us. When Jesus returns on that last day in triumph and in glory, he, who is resurrection and the life, is going to raise us all, and he's going to give us perfect, glorified bodies, bodies fit for the eternal joys of heaven. This pain and sorrow and death will be no more. I'm going to go back to the name tag thing. Um, you know, sometimes name tags, putting them on, it, it, I don't know, sometimes I feel self-conscious about it. You know, make sure people can read my handwriting, you know, stuff like that. But um, Jesus wore a name tag? I'd love it. Because, because it would say this. I'm the resurrection and the life. Amen. Please, uh, let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, it is truly amazing what you've done for us. That you want something so much better, greater for us, and you have done everything for it. Lord, because of what's waiting for us, help us right now. Help us today with, with the struggles we have. Help us to, to get through today because we know it's worth it because of what is yet to come. Lord, help us to rejoice like those early disciples. Help us, help us to show that you are our resurrection and life. Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen.